welcome back to your daily dose of ancient wisdom today we continue our reading of shrimad bhagavata mahapurana book 2 discourse 2 concentration of the gross and the subtle forms of lord and the two types of mukti or liberation namely the krama mukti or gradual liberation and sayudya mukti or instant liberation sri shuka continued it was through such concentration that brahma the self born propitiated the lord and got from him at the dawn of creation the knowledge about creation which he had forgotten during the last pralaya or universal destruction having thus acquired unfailing vision and a conclusive understanding he created this universe even as it existed before the universal dissolution such is the alluring method or presentation of the vedas that the mind seeks gratification through empty names devoid of any corresponding reality expecting happiness in the world of maya or illusion the soul wanders to various realms comprising in this world as though it were dreaming but fails to derive real happiness there therefore a wise man should have connection with the objects of enjoyment which exist merely in the name and have no abiding reality only to the extent they are useful for maintaining the body at the same time he should be convinced in his mind about the emptiness of sensuous enjoyments and should never commit the error of getting attached to them and if such objects could be had otherwise by the force of prabodha or destiny as a matter of course he should not strive for them seeing that such an endeavor would entail or fruitless labor when earth is there what would be gained by taking pains for a bed when nature has provided us with arms what use have we for pillows when we can hold things in the hollow of our palms what need is there for dishes and cups of various kinds and when there are the cardinal points the barks of the trees and so on to cover our body with of what avail are the silken robes are there no rags on the road to wrap ourselves with do not trees the that live only to maintain others give arms in the shape of fruits leaves and so on to the needy have rivers dried up for the man who needs water have the mouths of the mountain caves been blocked against those who seek to use them as a shelter and above all does the supreme lord shri hari deny protection to those who approach him therefore then should the wise knock at the door of those who are blind with pride of wealth having thus determined his goal with a complacent mind a man should adore the infinite and the eternal lord residing in his very heart as his beloved self and as self evident truth for through his worship the seed of metopsychosis in the shape of ignorance ceases to be who else than beast would desist from meditating on the supreme 
and set his mind on the pleasure of senses even when he actually sees people fallen into the hellish river of mundane life and suffer the agonies brought by their own past actions. Some people fix their mind through meditation on the Lord with forearms bearing severally a lotus, a discus, a conch, and a maze, and residing in the cavity of their heart within their own body form, in a form as big as a thumb in height, with a cheerful countenance and a big lotus-like eyes, he has a cloth yellow as the pavement of a kadamba flower wrapped around his person and is adorned with a pair of gold armlets studded with precious brilliant jewels, a crown and a pair of earrings inlaid with valuable radiant jewels. His feet, which are tender like young shoots, are installed by the masters of yoga at the center of the full-blown lotus of their heart. He bears a little above his left breast a golden streak, which is held as a symbol of goddess Lakshmi, has the famous Kaustubha gem hanging from his neck, and his chest is covered by a garland of sylvan flowers of unfading splendor. He is adorned with a girdle round his waist, as well as the most precious rings, anklets, and bracelets, etc., and looks charming with a smile that ever beams on his countenance, beautified with sleek, glossy, curly, and dark treasures. He is betraying his abundant grace on the devotees by the play of his brows, the beauty of which is enhanced by his sportful bright smiles and glances. The participant should continue to gaze on this conceptual image of the Lord till his mind gets fixated in meditation. He should visualize with his mind one by one all the limbs of Lord Vishnu, the wielder of the maze, from his feet upward to his smiling countenance. Even as his reason gets purer and purer, his mind will become steadier and steadier. And in this way, when one limb becomes clearly visible, he should leave it to visualize the next. Till one's mind gets fixed through devotion, on the all-witnessing Supreme Lord of Universe as portrayed above, the participant should, with a concentrated mind, meditate on the greatest form of the Lord as described in this course one, after he has finished his daily devotions. Dear Parikshit, when this striver intends to leave his body, he should not allow his mind to get attached to the time and place. Sitting in a steady and easy posture, he should control his breath and restrain his senses with his mind. Then controlling his mind with his pure reason, he should merge his intellect as well as his mind in the Kshetragnya the conscious principle in the body, and the kshetragnya, 
in the absolute self. Then, merging the self in the Supreme Spirit and attaining final peace, the wise man should abstain from all activity. In that state of absorption into the Supreme Spirit, time which is ruler even of gods has no power, much less the gods of the creatures that are ruled over by them. There is neither sattva nor rajas nor tamas in that state, much less the ego of the mahat, the principle of cosmic intelligence or pradhana or the primordial matter. Bent upon rejecting everything other than God as not that, not that and giving up false self-identification with body and things associated with it, the yogis, full of exclusive devotion, embrace with their heart every moment the adorable form of Lord Vishnu. The scriptures are at one in declaring this form as the supreme essence of all prevailing Lord. The yogi who crave, whose cravings for the sense gratification have been completely set by the force of wisdom acquired through the scriptures should drop his body in the following manner. First of all, he should squat on his seat, pressing the anus with his heel, and then, overcoming langor, should draw the air upwards through, his, through the six places where six mystical circles are located. The self-disciplined yogi should draw the air located in the circle within the navel, known by the name of Manipuraka, upwards into the chakra located in the heart called Anahata, thence following the course to the Uddana air. He should take it to the circle located above the breast, known by the name of Visuddhi, and again, with the help of reason, he should gradually push it to the root of the plate, that is, the top of the Visuddhi Chakra. Thereafter, having closed the seven passages like two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, and the mouth, he should take the air from the root of the plate of the circle, located in the middle of the eyebrows, called as Agna Chakra. Then... If he has no desire to visit the higher worlds, he should pause at the Agna Chakra for about half an hour with a gaze fixed on his goal and taking the air into the Sahasrara Chakra located at the crown of his head. Attain the union with the God. Finally, breaking open the crown of his head, he should abandon his body and the senses. If on the other hand, O king, the yogi intends to visit the Brahmaloka or Brahma's abode or having acquired the eight supernatural powers to sport in the company of the Siddhas, a class of celestial beings that move about in the air or again to move about in any particular realm of the universe made of the three gunas or modes of Prakriti, he should depart from the body taking the mind and senses 
with him. The eight superhuman powers are Anima, the power of assuming a form as minute as atom, Laghima, extreme lightedness, Prapati, attaining anything, example the moon, with the tip of one's finger, Parakamya, Parakamya, irresistible will, Mahima, illimitable bulk, which is Stita or supreme dominion, Vasista, the subjugating all by occult power, and Kamavasyata, superseding all desires. It is said that the masters of yoga who practice worship of God, austere penance, yoga, and jnana, self-knowledge, and whose body is as subtle as air, can freely move inside as well as outside the three worlds, the earth, the heaven, and the lower worlds. People cannot have such unlimited movement in any part of the universe through mere karma or ritual. O king, the yogi who proceeds to the Brahmaloka, the abode of Brahma, through the bright Susumna reaches the first abode of Vaishwanara, the god of fire, through the heavens, shaking off whatever trace of impurity is still left in him. He then rises upwards to the stellar sphere resembling in the shape the figure of a dolphin and presided over by Lord Vishnu. Passing beyond the sphere presiding over by Vishnu, which is like a navel of the wheel of this universe, he ascends alone in his most subtle and pure body to the realm called Maharloka, the region immediately enclosing Indra's paradise which is adorned even by the knowers of Brahma and which is the delightful abode of gods that live for a whole kalpa, a day for Brahma. Thereafter, at the end of the kalpa, when he sees the whole world below being consumed by the fire, proceeding from the mouth of Lord Ananta or Shesha, he rises still higher to Brahma's abode, where the foremost among the Siddhas reside in their aerial cars, and which last for two Pradhanas or the full spans of Brahma's life. There is no grief, nor agony, neither old age, nor death in that sphere, much less fear of any kind. The only agony they suffer from is the mental anguish they feel out of compassion when they see people who have no knowledge of the process of meditation as described above undergoing repeated births and deaths that entail endless suffering. Then after reaching the Satyaloka, he fearlessly unites his subtle body with the earth and thereafter steadily pierces the seventh sleets encasing the earth as below. From his terrestrial form he passes on to the watery and from 
that aqueous to the fiery state again from his fiery form he makes his way into the aerial state and lastly his aerial form in course of time he enters the ethereal sleep which is an index of the infinitude of brahma again through his olfactory sense the yogi returns to the subtle element of smell through that sense of taste to the subtle element of taste through the sense of sight to the subtle element of color through the sense of touch to the subtle element of touch through the auditory sense to the subtle element of sound and through each organ of action to the functioning power of each and thus all of them return to their subtle form thus reaching the beyond uh, reaching beyond the gross and the subtle states of the five elements the yogi enters the ego he dissolves the subtle elements into the tamasika ego the senses into rajasika and the mind as well as the deities presiding over the senses into the sattvika ego then through the same process of dissolution he returns along with the ego to the principle of the cosmic intelligence the mahat tattva and finally to prakriti in which merges all three gunas again during the final dissolution when prakriti too merges in god the yogi who becomes all blissful now merges with that pure blissful form in god who is perfectly tranquil and bliss itself the aparikshit he who attains this divine goal no more returns to this world of matter of transmigration these o king are the two eternal paths recommended by the vedas about which you inquired of me o your when brahma the creator worshiped lord vasudeva or vishnu and interrogated him it was these two paths that were taught to him by the lord for him who has fallen into the whirlpool of transmigration there is no blessed path other than that which makes for devotion to lord vasudeva having critically studied the vedas with a concentrated mind thrice over brahma concluded by force of his reason that alone to be the highest virtue by which one is able to develop exclusive devotion to shri krishna the self of the universe lord shri hari alone is seen as abiding in all animate and inanimate beings as their very self for the intellect and the other phenomenal objects are adjuncts that lead us to infer the existence of the lord who is all witnessing seer therefore o king men should always and under all circumstances with their whole being listen to recite and revolve in their minds the stories of lord shri hari alone they who drink in the nectar like stories of the lord the soul of the universe poured into the cups of their ears by holy men are able to purify their heart 
which has been contaminated through the contacts with the pleasures of senses and attained proximity to his lotus feet. Footnote, a particular air tube of body lying between those called Ida and Pingala are believed to be the one of the passage of air or the spirit. Thus ends the second discourse entitled A Description of Lord's Divine Power in Book 2 of the Great and Glorious Bhagavata Purana, otherwise known as Paramahamsa Samhita. Thank you.